Hello and welcome to episode 20. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm the host of The Connected Generation. The other day, I was having a conversation with my friend. She works and runs a family office and so I wanted to pick her brain on her experience on diversifying in this current disruptive world that we have, right? And she said, honestly, Nikia, I haven't been able to get my head around diversifying at this point in time because I've been completely overwhelmed. It's now been 14 weeks of homeschooling, of putting out fires in the business, of managing employees remotely, laying some off, putting some on furlough, and it's really not been easy for me to think long-term and gather my thoughts to identify long-term value-adding opportunities. And I felt so bad (laughs) for asking her because I was like, yeah, I completely relate. Sometimes we forget that this season we're in is quite overwhelming. And we are human after all. We're not robotic beings, right? We are spirits in a body with a soul. And our souls may be so heavily weighed down right now from Black Lives Matter to global pandemic to juggling balls and so on and so forth. That being said, I do think we need to start thinking about diversifying, something to keep at the back of our mind. And when I'm talking about diversifying, I'm talking about diversifying our products and services, our markets, and also our investments as family enterprises. I was thinking about this the other day, and I realized that this whole thing is so overwhelming because it's like, We are running a race against change and change is happening so quickly, but we are wearing heavy fat suits, right? So 2020 has like been the greatest spanner in the works. And when we were all making plans for 2020, we were thinking about the decade ahead, right? Re-envisioning and reimagining various aspects of our lives for the next 10 years and then COVID and it feels like the last 12 weeks have been a decade on their own right the world is changing super fast the economic landscape the business landscape a week feels like a month a month feels like a year and like I said we're running this race to diversify, but it's not a fair race at all. (laughs) Because we're weighed down in this heavy bodysuit, weighed down by managing emotions, personal commitments, managing remote teams, disruption to our businesses, and so on and so forth. So I believe it's so important that we practice self-compassion, right? Um, be compassionate to ourselves over the extent of what it is we're going through 
and not place unnecessary expectations on ourselves. Also, why this season is tough is, ironically, I think disruption has redefined paradigms and possibilities and actually given us more potential scenarios and sensitivities to think about, right? So nobody knows, like, when will the markets normalise or what is the economic outlook? Will there be a vaccine? Will When will schools and offices operate normally in inverted commas, right? And so these give us more factors to consider at a time where we don't have the brain space, the mental space, and so it can be quite overwhelming. The irony is I really believe that constraints are one of the greatest refiners. Constraints help us to make decisions when we are like unsure, when we have many options, right? So for example, when I travel to Europe or North America and I just want to buy a product like, say, for instance, cereal, and I don't know what I want, right? And I go to that aisle, and I see over a 100 types of cereal. I'm just like, good Lord, I just want something to eat for breakfast, right? This is super overwhelming. And that's the impact disruption has had, right? It's created a whole new world, like in Super Mario, <laughs> our sons are obsessed with Super Mario. Quite often, I'll be on a Zoom call in my office, and all I hear is screaming, shouting, running around the house, dancing, you know, so happy. And, Mommy, Mommy, we finished the stage. We've entered a new level. It's a new world. And that's what this feels like, a whole new world. Yet we know we ought to be diversifying, but against a backdrop of so much change, change of prospects, market opportunities, change of positioning, moving from offline to online, change of people management, managing remote teams, managing changing customer preferences and affordability, and change of platforms. But despite this friction, right, um, by diversifying our markets, our products and our services and investments, it takes the family enterprise from fragile to resilient to both current and future shocks. And I often say that in absence of a test, we don't really know our score, right? We can consider this a test to demonstrate the strength of the family enterprise, to see whether it can withstand major shocks. So as the dust is settling and we're seeing some changes, positive changes, some level of resumption of activities, right? Let's keep this at the forefront of our minds as a top three agenda item to start to implement this year because we want our family businesses to be resilient so that in the face of a shock, 
We thrive. We have cash flows. We have revenues. Rather than being fragile, where the family enterprise crumbles. And so it's a test, right? But the outcome of the test, we shouldn't use it to judge ourselves, right? So I just want to go off on a whole tangent about shame, entrepreneurial shame. It's something we don't talk about enough, but I think it's really important to mention because sometimes we can be so fixated on a goal that we oppress ourselves when we don't meet that goal. And that's because we may have misunderstood the purpose of goals. I read Atomic Habits by James Clare. That book changed my life. Um, I thoroughly recommend it. Um, James Clare, he talks about how we're supposed to hold on to goals lightly. And instead, what we're supposed to obsess about is systems. Systems enable us to move towards our goals. But quite often, what we see in life is we tend to be do the reverse. We tend to obsess about our goals and hold very lightly onto systems, right? And what he explained was that the analogy he gave was that every athlete has the same goal. That 100-meter runner, they, every single one of them, they want to win, right? But in their trying to win, they don't, don't just sit down and look at the scoreboard, right? They don't just sit down and look at the finish line. They obsess about their systems, their systems of nutrition, of exercise, of practice, right? And when they don't win that race, they're bothered, but they're not too bothered because as long as they're putting in the work in their systems, they know that they will improve and get closer to achieving their goal of winning. And so in his book, he says, the purpose of setting goals is to win the game. The purpose of building systems is to continue playing the game. True long-term thinking is goal-less thinking. It's not about any single accomplishment. It is about the cycle of endless refinement and continuous improvement. Ultimately, it is your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. None of this is to say that goals are useless. However, I found that goals are good for planning your progress and systems are good for actually making progress. Goals can provide direction and even push you forward in the short term. But eventually, a well-designed system will always win. Having a system is what matters. Committing to the process is what makes the difference. So back to our conversation on fragility versus resilience. Even if we fail the test, so to speak, and our family enterprises are exposed as fragile, that is nothing to be shameful about. I really believe that vulnerability is strength 
the outcome of the test in itself is not what matters, but is the honest assessment of our situation that matters. Because identifying areas of fragility can be great seeds of strength. Just as, you know, in the movies and we watch um, maybe an Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and we see all these um, alcoholics sitting around in a circle and in their first meeting they're all so shy and they go around one by one. They say their names. And one of the first things they say is to identify their area of fragility. In this instance, it's their addiction to alcohol. My name is Nikia Anani, and I'm an alcoholic, right? I'm not. I'm just saying that as an example, right? (laughs) Because to overcome that addiction, they must acknowledge it and then actively work on it. Similarly, when we see that our family businesses have areas of improvement, we could be better diversified in our products, in our markets, in our investments. That in itself isn't a judgment. It's just an indicator of where we need to put in the work so we will have future areas of strength. So we put in the work, focusing on our systems, our system of diversifying, endlessly refining and improving to trend towards resilience. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll speak next week. God bless you.